Black or White? A Discussion of Integration by Michael Joseph Jackson. I'm like being a color. Don't you agree with me when I saw you kicking dirt in my friends to discussions of integration i mean you know we gotta keep it real oh, michael did keep it real you know what i used to think what did you think when we first saw that video and remember how michael you know he wasn't always light-skinned like that he was not it was an artificial light skin situation it was. it was different um so i would look at his skin and i'd be like wow michael looked like a white lady yeah but michael is a black man mm-hmm. he's black and white mm-hmm. and it don't matter if he's black or white or white because it's irrelevant yeah because it's about places and spaces, and spaces where your blood comes from. He's also not going to spend his life being a color. I mean, who would want that life? I mean... And it's not a color, it's a color. A color. Color. Yeah. You know, because you got to attack the beat back you know, in the day. The and then it was the 90s. You got to go all I mean, it was you the know, hippity hop. What you going to do in 92? I mean, you know? I, wow, what a... Hey. Um, important moment in mm. music and gotta make it great in 98 um there's probably questions on why we chose this to start with hopefully it's given you a clue again that uh, you think people had questions i hope not but you know today we're here to talk about white savior films oh yes films about white people who are just so full of goodness that they take themselves from out of where they usually at 
and they go over to where some colored folks is at and they save them. Racist reconciliation films. I mean, they like to really keep it about Some of these people unity. probably like black or white that we're going to talk about. This would probably be a song that they would oh, try yeah, no, to it was shake their with them folks. creaky hips to. I mean, it's giving colorblind. It is. Colorblindness as a virtue. It is. And uh, we're here to destroy that. Sorry, Michael. I mean, public service announcement. If you ever tell somebody you don't see color and you're not vision impaired. It's rude. It's very, very low it's down. It's not doing what you think it's doing. <laughs> you're not getting the clout you think you're about no, to get. No, it's, it's you unfortunate. You might be getting the clout as in getting clocked. This is a saying. whole PSA for these people, really, today. We're doing you a big favor it's a kindness don't say that coping and chemo didn't tell you but it's before we get into that mm. we must continue to ask oh you know what i'm saying looking at the world like what because 2023 again um 2020 with the baldy she now has the tattoos on her head it's fitting that she's baldy in 23 because you know jordan i mean this is her jordan year for it's sure it's her jordan year this, you know? these niggas talking about she left she's just like bitch She's like, left? First of all, I'm right-handed, bitch. And you know, hello? Hello? How am I left when I'm always right? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Ask the doctors about me. So, um, you know, so many <laughs> things happening. Uh, that dumpster fire is like now has two litigations against him. The current president old as shit and falling all the time. Uh, Yo, when he fell, when that man fell down... <laughs> Behind that military Robinette, they, it would have been one thing if he fell after somebody yelled Robinette out. The, they wouldn't even looking at him. Mm. He was just trying to go to his seat. When he said he took a tumble, he took a tumble wumble. He like, took you a know, tumble rumble. Dumble, that's the type of that's the type of tumble that if a toddler takes, I would go. You're okay. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's okay. No, you did it. Um, because awesome. it would we fall down, yeah. <laughs> but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. It's not good for us. I that think that guy okay. is still a president who fell. He is down. He is unfortunate. Who was it that fell down them steps? Was that Henry Ford? Somebody fell down the stairs of a plane, bust his ass. I feel like it was Ford. It might have been. It's you know. Did, why are they so Did old? Obama ever fall? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't think he did. I don't think that he did. Except you know, during man. basketball when he was trying to get a foul. I mean, in which case. A foul call, I mean. That's, you know, that's different. This is young spry man. Mm -hmm. This is not spryness. This is, you know, silliness. Okay, so. I wish we could make America gag again, <laughs> no, but that I ain't mean, really, you that's, know. It's, they're never going to let us. In the cards. Here's a person that I have beef with still. This is old beef, mm, okay. long time beef. And it, it meatloaf. come up. You got some meatloaf. Yes. Yeah, beef with somebody. Remember that, that man who was called meatloaf who used to sing? That's <laughs> 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 white ass shit. Yo, <laughs> that was a hate crime for real. Oh my God. First of all, as a baby, I loved meatloaf, okay? <laughs> yeah, meatloaf and today, fire. I still love yeah, meatloaf. I was going for some meatloaf. But after he came out with his act, and he was this white man with this stringy he hair. He had stringy hair. And he was greasy. It he was, was greasy. Good. And, and he, he was, was yelling. Like, screaming something <laughs> I think it's him who's like, love hurts. And it's like, it's because you're it a piece don't of meatloaf. hurt to love meatloaf. <laughs> it don't. What Stop if, lying. But what if love hurts? What if meatloaf loves? It might hurt. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> For your love to cannibalize you, maybe. Yeah. Put that fork in you. All right. <laughs> 
so if that's the case, he took the metaphor too far. He shouldn't have stayed with that name if he was feeling what it. What a that terrible nineties thing. All right. So another thing that happened in the nineties. So many white men screaming. <laughs> On tracks. This white man should have been screaming the one we about to talk about. Oh, who okay. we talking about? Who we talking about? COVID? So what happened is there was this movie that came out that was called Titanic. Oh my god! And there, <laughs> there was a movie of a white oh elite hussy who got on the Titanic to get her mm. groove back. <laughs> no Stella. Her name Ooh. was Rose, and sis was going under the sea. Mm. Not under the sea, under the boat. Now you can think about some heads. You know, that's another. We can't get we side can't. That's, that's for Hire a Jamaican. Yeah, please. Divvy Jakes, come on, bro. Get out of here, bro. Okay, so. Right. Yes. So she's on the boat. She's on the boat. She having a nice time. It's fancy where it's she at. fancy, but Ball she not into the fancy see. shit. Nah, she trying to be with the niggas at. I mean, she want to be slumming it. On the bottom. So this bitch was She was twirling, like, where's the steerage? This twirling, dancing barefoot, smoking cigarettes, running through the ship. With this poor white man named Jack. Now, we don't know nothing about Jack except that he poe and he white. And, and he, he nimble and he quick. And he come and he... No, he didn't jump over a, gen, a candlestick. He descended into the ocean. So, <laughs> what happened was... is oh, no. Rose spends the whole movie saying... To a watery grave. I'll never let go, Jack. That's the whole fucking thesis statement, main message of this film. Is I'll never let go, Jack. The other one is white people d- d- put lifeboats on on boats, on lifeboats, on big ass crews. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Okay, so back to Rose. Um, yeah, why didn't they? Because they said they had done the thing. Just like they thought they had done the thing with America. And now look at it. Them us. motherfuckers was auditing themselves, you know. That's like a, that's, that's in my culture. And by my culture, I mean America culture. We monitor ourselves and we judge ourselves if we white. So, you know, they probably said this boat meets every safety standard that we know of yes. as the internal reviewer. Right. External reviewer can get back. No, fuck We got enough light bolts for what we need. Right. Nobody's, this ship can Basically sink. what we intend, mass death. That's it. This boat is not going to sink because, because we said so. Anyway, <laughs> so then the boat sink and uh, Jack does everything he can to save Rose. <clears throat> They get. You forgot they was fucking in the carriage. Oh, never forget they was in the parking lot on the, park, the boat. In the when in her sweaty hand on mm. the window really let us know that he was hitting Steaming. that. So they is in the water. Jack makes sure she has a life vest, and they both get a life vest. And then he's like, "We gotta swim somewhere." So he finds a big piece of you know debris in the goddamn Atlantic, and puts her ass on there. And instead of a big old door, instead of offering her man to come up there, oh yeah, she laying on it, floating on it. She's floating on it in this freezing Arctic water. Homie, in the water where an iceberg just fucked up the whole ship, so it's got to be cold enough. I mean, it's cold as hell. Remember, his eyebrows had frost in them because this bitch let this motherfucker die. I mean, she looked him in his face. Matter of fact, even worse, when it goes to the shot at the end and, the, you know, the ship done blowed up and cracked in half and stuff and they out there floating in the frozen waters. He's in the water. She's on top of the debris bits. And she's laying not on her stomach to look in his face. She's holding his hand, but she's laying and looking at the stars. Yeah, because, and you know, singing, singing silly, uh, a she, song. A song that she learned from hanging out with the Poe people. Under the ship. I didn't know that. She's singing a nigga song. she was singing. Yeah. Was it a minstrel song? I don't know. 
Anywho, so then finally some people tried to rescue. What if this bitch was laying on the thing like? Or what if she was laying there like? <laughs> or if she was laid there like casuals everything around dollar dollar bill y'all i mean look she did have the what is it the heart of the, the ocean heart of the ocean so which uh pocket. you know shout out to who said this i think it was Roy Wood jr i think so anyway some comedian i was watching recently said um you know she had uh a piece of jewelry yeah. It was just jewelry. It was just jewelry. It wasn't like, you know, the the most wonderful, you know, wealthy gem ever. It was just, you know, she had her jewelry. She had to throw it in the ocean. But anyway, please continue. Now, this man predictably dies in the ocean. I mean, that'll happen if freezes it's freezing. to death. And she does the one thing she told this man that she wasn't going to do, which was let him go. She let him go so quickly. She was looking at him in his eye and his hand was frozen around her hand. And she was like, Jack, Jack. And then she realized he was dead pretty quickly. Bent her head, said, and then looked back up and pried and broke his frozen fingers so that she could free her hand so that she could jump in the water, which by the way, he died to keep her out of that water. She jumped in the water and swam to safety, honey. Yes. And then supposedly told the story of Jack, but who's Jack besides some like you know a some, popsicle I mean, for a like shark? I mean, like a really nice lay that you had at sea. I mean, at this point, so yeah, because she what was that like eighty years later? Yeah, seventy five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah later. something like that. So then, it's treachery. She just overall feels like a Karen, it's an old timey Karen. You know, like we don't fuck. With Rose, and for a long time, I blamed Kate Winslet for this. But I know now I cannot blame Kate Winslet for this. It's actually James Cameron who's the bitch. Yeah, none of this was necessary. People have been upset about this since it came out, what, in 98, 97 is when this film came out, I think? Yeah, I think it was in high school. And um, James, you know, people have done, like, Mythbusters has been like, she could have saved him. Everybody's been like, why couldn't she save him? I love that Mythbusters did that, and we were all like, see? Hooray! See? I told you, she was cold. She was cold-hearted. Her heart was as cold as the ocean was. Karen. (sighs) Only Karen about herself. Uh, Cameron. So uh, then James Cameron came out just this year and said, stop asking me about this. He had to die, okay? That was the whole point of the movie was for Jack to die. I'm like, why do you have it out for this poor man? Like, this man broke as fuck. His last coins got him a passage on this boat. He was trying to go make Trying to make some of As you say, make some of himself in the new world. And now... He's at the bottom of the sea. Again, a popsicle for a shark. <laughs> Why did that have to be Sharksicles? that? Sharksicle. That's not okay. So I just have questions about, you know, loyalty of elite white women. No, she had no loyalty. She had no loyalty. And she was, look, she was talking about the side of her neck the whole the movie. Whole film. The whole film. I would like to watch it again and see, like, because they fuck and they inside that little carriage. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if after they had their little dalliance and their little physical intimacies and then they was running for their lives because the Titanic was going down. At that point, did she decide that, well, I've received what I need from this man until the boat started to crash. And then she realized, well, maybe he can just save me. 
Well, remember. And then I'll let him go. Remember that her fiance, because he was there. Oh, yeah. Who was like... Is that Rupert somebody? Nah. Uh, nah. But I, I can see the actor. But no, it's not Rupert. Yeah, it's dark hair, though. Dark right? hair, yeah. yes. Billy Zane. Zane, that's right. Billy oh, Zane. Yeah, Billy Zane. So Billy Zane <laughs> ass... I about that, yo. ...went and incarcerated Jack in the film before the ship even started to sink. So this motherfucker could have died under the ship because they had him handcuffed and that shit was breaking and he was down there like, eh. And then this bitch was like, I gotta save Jack. So she got him out. Mm -hmm. Hmm. This is interesting now because I forgot about that. I didn't realize she had, you know, saved him at one point. So maybe she was tired of saving him. Well, he had already saved her from jumping off the top of the ship. Oh, yeah, because she was trying to... Yep. So she was like, it's your turn to save me. And if you live, then I guess I'll tap back in since I saved you once and you saved me once. I don't know. That's calculating as fuck, yo. She's an elite white woman. Oh, my God. All right. So that takes us perfectly over to describing white savior films. It's so funny how, like, Jack became coded black. He's Poe. There was no niggas. Was he Irish? Yes. Oh, well, he was black. During sure. that t- at that time, yeah, yes. yeah, the Irish used to be black because like, it says nineteen fourteen. Oh, he absolutely was a nigga. Yeah. Oh no, we gotta rewatch that shit mm-hmm. with the racial glasses on. Mm-hmm. Jack is black in America. He a nigga. Yep, and he was just trying to get on, oh. and then you know. Oh, she did him dirty. She did him so dirty. Oh, she took his future. She did. Oh, a Karen. Oh, a Karen. <laughs> I mean. So where do we go, James Cameron? Aliens. Um, I know that y'all have been around. And so if you're listening to this, uh, again, holla at us. We're friendly and we don't like Karens. You know what's funny? I actually think that might also be some of the Hobbit theme. Like, I feel like they bit that a little bit. Probably. Anyway, ADD moment. Other white films to see. Mm. Please to continue COVID and kick us off, kick us off, because so, we're talking about the white savior. In the white savior film. Not just Jesus. Yeah, go ahead and explain that. Go ahead and oh, explain white Jesus. to us what a white savior is. Oh, okay. Well, look, 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 look. You kind of said so, the beginning, but, you know. There's, a, there's an idea that um, people who are not white are incapable of looking after themselves. Mm. There's something called paternalism, Say which it. means that... You know, I'm like your daddy. You my mm-hmm. son. Mm-hmm. You my son's son. You know, because you're not white, you don't have the acumen, the intelligence, the ability, the, the experience. The, the, oh, yeah. not the maturity for sure. The, yeah. the, the civilized qualities yeah. that are required for you to achieve or better your own situation. Yes. Now, this is a very profitable myth. You can see the entire philanthropic um, edifice based upon this mm. idea that you know, we got to take up the white man's burden. Mm. Fuck you, Rudyard Kipling. Okay, mm. fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, boy. Mm. But um, this idea being that all around the world, there are people who are suffering and only the whites yes. can save them. And it's not because the white people have <laughs> have drained all the wealth no, no, no. from the earth and, you know, cordoned off the resources, including the air apparently now. Yeah. And, and the water is on fire. No, 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 it's not about that. It's because racially... They have the goods, they have the acumen, and again, all these qualities Mm -hmm. to bestow aid upon people who can't help themselves. So people are starving in Africa. Why? Because people can't build an economy in Africa. Why can't they build an economy? Because 
They're too dumb. Yeah. They're too, they're not bright enough. They're not smart enough. You see the problem here? They're antiquated. They're living in the past. It's a long time. They've it's prehistoric. Gotta, they've got to come. We've got to bring them modernity. Look, modernity. Democracy. I mean, them motherfuckers got dinosaurs and shit over there probably. Yeah, I mean, they wear... Woolen mammoths. No, no clothes. I mean, you know, it's really ooh-ooh-ah-ah out noises there. noises at each other and eating bananas. I mean... And until we show up, then... Grass we, skirts is fashions. Yep, yep. They're doing horrible things. And I mean, it's, so, it's giving King Kong, you know. And if you're a white lady, you go over there, they might burn you up. But that's another story. Whole other story. So these myths about the motherland as though, like, and it's not just there. It's East Asia. It's it's the Middle East. It's all over the world. South America, Central America, all mm-hmm. these places where white folks have colonized and, and left a footprint there. And now are looking at those places like, if it hadn't been for us. They never would have made it. We brought them over. We spread in freedom the world yes, around. Yes. Okay, now this comes out also in the propaganda. Yes, absolutely. And that's what we're going to talk about today is these white savior films. Films. So we have to have the imagery, the mythology, the story, the narrative to go together with this idea that white people are the only ones that can appropriately save and correct the behaviors of the colored people all around the world. And that if those people comply, then things, no matter how long it takes, they have to, you know, they give decades of compliance. Mm-hmm. Do everything we say. And then things mm-hmm. will be better. Mm-hmm. And will- if you have an idea, you from, let's say you from, you know, West Africa somewhere, you know, you're from Ghana, you're from Nigeria, wherever you may be from, Cote d'Ivoire, right? You have an idea about how you can fix some problem that you're experiencing in your community, the white people are going to say that has to go through us first. We don't trust that your idea is good. And if it is discovered to be good, we made it up, not you. It was through contact with us that you were able to have Mm. this good idea. And if it was not a good idea, then it just goes to show that niggas is ignorant. And they do this again everywhere, including in these United States. Hello? Over and over and over again, as you said, it's part of the propaganda and has helped build Western media. If we look at the ways that like Hollywood is built in the last hundred or so years, I mean, in theater before that, you know, it's like caricatures and stereotypes Mm -hmm. of black and brown folks played by and mediated by the white gays and, and then you get good whites and bad whites mm-hmm. but the 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 blacks always stay bad or somehow deficient mm-hmm. so if you're a good white person you're going to teach them yes you're going to elevate them and save them yes from their niggerness no matter how long it takes no matter how long it takes it why could because take a while. it's definitely gonna take past uh, this world god i mean you gotta work for for, for, for the kingdom you yeah. know at that point yeah the lord i'm talking about mm-hmm. But if you're a bad white, you beat them, you hate them, you say yes, mean yes. things. Don't be mean to those dogs. Yeah. You gotta... You gotta... Even rats have feelings. Exactly. Take... You should be the honor of your life to help this lowly Negro... Yes. ...learn how to be. You have a responsibility to teach for America niggas how to read. And so we then see how niggas who really are niggas who mm. want to act mm. either in theater film or television somehow and some way oftentimes have to engage in these popular stereotypical roles mm-hmm. 
You got to have a nigga in need of saving. You got to be the with nigga. With a compelling story. So you, at some point, if you are trying to be in, again, the game, you might have to play Beulah. You might have to be the servant mammy woman who would do everything over having her own life. She must live and serve these white people. She has a boyfriend who loves her and keeps trying to propose on the show. And she's like, I can't marry you because what's going to happen to this white family that I have dedicated my life? Dead ass? Yes. Okay, yeah. Th- this is, th- you know, sometimes as somebody who studies stereotypes, I've been looking like looking at it like this, right? <laughs> usually that shit is at least a little on the cover okay but if you go far back enough (laughs) that shit is out in the open it's out in the open so what year is Beulah 1950s oh yeah oh okay okay okay. I don't know I thought it was the 70s okay so it's the 50s 50s. oh absolutely there was like oh boss Mm -hmm. (coughs) massa I don't care about nothing but you Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything you done give me massa I don't know what I would have did. And the white family is like, thank you for acknowledging that we are your savior, Beulah. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can do everything for us. Of course. Teach our son. Clean our house. Cook our meals. Make us laugh. Make us feel comfortable, Beulah. What would we do without you? Yeah. And really, what would you do without (coughs) us? So, you know, Gone with the Wind. There's just all of these films and shows. We talk about that, it? So I won't even go into that. Not really. So you can actually talk about that. Oh, my God. Gone with the Wind is interesting because it's actually not a white savior film in the same way as we see them now. Yes, and I think there's some reason for that. And it goes back to your previous point about how it has to be a little bit more coded now. Yeah, you got to put it under some blankets. There has to be some sort of code that it yeah. can't be like easily seen. No. But again, in what, 19, when did Gone with the Wind come out? 1930. 1930. I think it was 1930. Okay, so the 1930. No, it was the early 30s. Anyway, Gone with the Wind, let me tell you something. That was one of my favorite movies of all time when I saw it as a kid. I read the books. I even read the, the, the sequel to the book that wasn't written by Margaret Mitchell. It was written by some other white lady. And she took Scarlet to Ireland. I never knew. Um, but I was young and I was reading these books. I don't know, 10 or whatever how old I was. I was young. And of course, it tells a tale of slavery that is happy. You know, the slaves was happy. Until they were disturbed by the northern rabble rousers, exactly. carpet baggers, scamps, and scallywags. The southerners, many of them, were actually white saviors. That's why they were enslaving those people. Of course, they were saving. They, they, they needed. They needed order in their lives. They needed. they needed somebody to tell them. They needed somebody to help them to work. Give them direction. Tell them how to pray. Tell them how to dress. Oh, definitely how to pray. What the days of the week are like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and again, have a strong work ethic. And then they could be kind too, like you know, Red Butler. Red Butler came, you know, and and when Red Butler came, Mammy know. Scarlett O'Hara, Mammy who had been faithful to her even after the Civil War, after the Thirteenth, Fourteenth, and Fifteenth Amendments, this bitch was loyal to her mistress. Okay, she had no wages, making dresses out of out of uh, draperies and, and and window treatments for her mm. ass, and having her looking like hot fire, mm. and and was in the street. No, back now. 
Back you niggas. Back you niggas. A white lady coming through. Back you niggas. Like literally. Like, yeah, no, like, I, 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 niggas I, I get back. Go. You know, you gotta go. put them bridges in the boiling pot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was looking after Confederate soldiers. Mammy was feeding the Mammy. army. Oh. Mammy, Mammy was winning, okay? Mammy was the best, okay? Shout out Hattie McDaniel. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you had to be Mammy in a film so you didn't have to be her in real life. She also played Beulah at one point. Shout out, shout out. Excellent performer. But to return to Mammy's situation, though, the good masses that we're seeing in Gone with the Wind included Red Butler, who, by the way, at the end of the day, when Mammy was old and gray, Go on. gave her some red silk petticoats oh. to wear under her nigger dress. Saving the Negro. When that scene, and he says, he says, Mammy, show me. Mammy, show me. And she said, oh, now, Mr. But, you know, Mr. Red, you bad. You bad, Mr. Red. Mammy, show, show me what you got on known under that. And she said, oh. And she just pulled it up in like a little two inches of bright yeah, red. Because the mammy is not sexual. So this, oh, is, also, no. this is pushing the line. It is we're, pushing the line. We're pushing boundaries with this. And so okay. she, of course, she had, you know, she 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 had it. You know, she pushed, pulled it up a little bit. He said, okay, girl. And she was like, I mean, he didn't really say that. But that I was, mean, yeah, that, the, was, that was implied. The version, so you know. She said, oh, you know, it's just, I just love the way, you know, we make a sound when I be walking in. <laughs> Oh, you know the niggas back home couldn't have. You know, like, and I'm like, really? So she ain't got her freedom, but she is so overwhelmed with the largesse of the whites that she done got entangled with working for free, God. Working sun up to sundown. There's not a single scene in that movie where Mammy ain't working, working honey. Working. Behind on every single time. So when we think about that type of film... It's giving, as you say, uh, COVID, this is a saviorism that is happening at the bedrock of the idea of what slavery is for. Yes. And I'm using scare quotes. What is this for? Yes, yes. The purpose is control these niggas and make, help them make something out of themselves. Exactly. And we'll never give them credit for building the infrastructure for this nation. We'll never give them credit for being skilled artisans. Why? We'll never give them credit they for being skilled They only did that because we made them. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, they didn't have any skills. No, 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 no. They don't have anything without us. Never mind that we had to consult these motherfuckers to teach us how to t- how to plant and grow and do all types of stuff come on now come raise on our now. children and sew our clothes like you know so this is a seductive very um narrative counter narrative of american history it's the one that many people want to claim is the real history <coughs> of these united states you know it's just you know, it wasn't really all that bad. And, you know, for us to paint a picture of it being that bad means that we're not paying attention to the the real the real meat of it. That there are these moments where white folks over time, because, you know, after Dr. King died and everything, then the whites, some of them had to start to really think, well, maybe we should do just a little bit better. Maybe we should keep adopting niggas, but like, we won't enslave them per se i mean we'll we'll help them make something we'll of themselves. still help make them make something of themselves so maybe they'll be our driver until they made. do something that we didn't tell them to do or <sighs> teach them to do 
So these fucking films we're going through have come out since, what, these 90s, 80s and 90s films into the 2000s. Mm -hmm. Which, interestingly enough, is in the wake of black exploitation, and I'm curious about that connection. That's a great question as well. Because there's a sort of a re-domestication of the Negro that happens. In the 80s overall. In the 80s, period. period. Like, at every level, including how niggas went back to permanent hair more in the 80s mm. than after the 60s and 70s yeah. when it was like yeah. natural then it was like whoa whoa no, whoa no. we're integrating Mm-mm. look Claire Huxable right so alright um <laughs> wow um, <laughs> sorry I was just thinking about that nigga on that date who's like you know I need a Claire Huxable that was so stupid. I'm fucking, <laughs> and they're going to tell me about... Okay, so Dating Folly is part three two? or whatever. Two, three is coming soon. Oh, part season. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We coming back with more, more dating stories. Yep, so yep. also a shout out to one um, white savior film that's going to get its own episode. Oh, yeah. We can't distill that, John. Mr. Church. Um, was he a pimp? Was he not? We'll ask that question later. Okay, but for now. Why Eddie Murphy? Why Eddie? Why Eddie? Yeah, like, okay, so you're asking, was he a pimp? And then my question is, why do we never see him travel from place to place? These are the questions that will come like, up. Like, he don't have no car. No, ring. no He don't even use his feet. He don't he's walk the, down any streets. pimp poppins. I mean, I Pimpy poppins. Pimpy poppins. Poppin' down. Pimpy poppins. Pimpin' poppins. Coming soon. That's the name of the episode. Pimpy poppins. Pimpin' poppins. Mr. Church and the Trouble with Roads. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Fuck you. You ain't listening to me. Okay, so. I'm Mr. Church. Bitch, get out of my stuff. All right. That's the end of the preview, but there was you once know, upon a time stay tuned. a film called Driving Miss Daisy. Oh no. <laughs> Nigga, you have the list. I'm not looking. So I'm happy that I'm, I'm dead. So <laughs> Driving I we Miss Daisy. Um, <laughs> late 80s, I believe. I'm gonna look it up again. Um and starring <laughs> one of the most incredible black actors of all fucking time. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. This shit came out in 1989. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When I was little, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I didn't know what the man name was. Yeah. I was on one for Washington. Say Pope. What's your name? Pope. 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 I was like, is this nigga named Pope? Is this nigga named Hulk? Pokey. What was? What's the nigga name? Pokey. Well, what is it? A translated name. It was A A V E. What? But but if it's A A V E, then is it Hulk or is it Poke? Like like Poke? Like like the other like white Polk. meat? They like, said this nigga's know. name is Hulk. A H O K. H O K E. Oh, so that nigga like what Bizarro woke or something? I don't know. <laughs> He's like a predecessor. Jesus Christ! Don't nobody tell Ron DeSantis this nigga name H O K. Oh my God. Woo! So it's a 1985, it's, it's 1989, described as a comedy drama film. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a play based on it in 1987, which makes me sad. Um, and it's set in the 1940s. Okay. All right, nigga. So basically what happened was they hired Morgan Freeman to play this nigga Pope. Morgan 
fucking Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Who is voiced like God. He was in... The Penguin Man, the Penguin Narrations. He was in... Uh, uh, what's more? Glory. Shawshank Redemption. films of all time. Amistad. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Lean on Me, Gone Baby, Gone. I mean, I mean, he was a he's a, a movie star. Continues a black to act. His movie star voice is so just like when you hear it. You're oh, like, you always like that's that yeah, nigga Morgan yeah, Freeman. Yeah. Except in this fucking film. I mean, okay, well we we gonna table this and we gonna come back because okay. the question is, who else but a wealthy white family would hire somebody just? To shuck and jive and drive for the mistress. For an old bitch who was old in 1940. Oh, what? 1948, she was 72. Oh no, did she have slaves? No, well, she they're didn't. They're saying that she's Jewish Reconstruction. Is this not another based on a true story? This. Please don't tell me this based on a true story. Uh, I don't think so. Thank God. I mean, We're gonna get to that too because we'll they to love that. that. They That's love one of their that. favorite things. They love it. You it's you good. can't refute this. This is a true story. A true story of what is the mm. question? Mm. So you know this um, is a mess. This <laughs> look they Played had by this, who was the white woman? Jessica, but Jessica Tandy. Tandy, and she towed that up. She did. She I believed her. She I believed Miss Daisy. crotchety. I mean, she was mean. If she's seventy two in nineteen forty eight, I mean, she's when she she was born. In the, in the architecture war. moments of the Jim Crow. Yeah, time. she was. Yeah, this is a war baby. This is a war baby. I mean, wow. The worst generation. All right, she so. was out here showing that she's still pissed off that by the 1940s, niggas had started to like be too uppity, probably. They was uppity. They was and uppity. why they do driving cars and stuff. Oh, no, you get. Mm-hmm. So here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. Because it was beneath. Morgan Freeman to play this role. It was. Okay. So this nigga in there, rather than talking about, you know, I'm trying to, this is another thing. Because sometimes, you know, they like to tell civil rights stories of, of, you know, noble niggas, the noblest. Morgan Freeman was not one of them niggas as Pope. Pope was, well, Miss Davies. For 25 years, he stayed with her. I'm trying to take you to the store. I'm trying. Mm. Nobody ever give me no book before in my whole life. He lives with this crotchety white woman and serves her during the black freedom movement. Like she is like driving this bitch around the whole time. A Philip Randolph done mark tried to march several times. The the Pullman Porters done unionized and we all see types the rise of, and fall of the Black Panther Party. Basically, all the Renaissance done took place. Atlanta University done seen the boys. Lots of things Lots have gone down. Yeah, and Pope was just a driving Miss Daisy. Who was an asshole? She's so terrible. Now here's the thing, when. This bitch give him a book as a gift, or maybe it's the son. Somebody gives him a book as a gift, and he say, "Nobody ever give me a, no book before in my whole life." It has been a hundred years since niggas have been trying to read. 
Desperately. I mean, more than that, if we include pre-Civil War, but a hundred years since they were legally allowed to Like, be, it was okay. That they have been pining. And this motherfucker said nobody had ever given him no book before. He don't know no niggas. He don't know no niggas. That's he what he If he, he wanted a book, he would have had a book. If he was around black people, he, he would have had a book. He wasn't for the movement. There were some sorts it. of books coming out about the movement during this time that he Read a newspaper. This white bitch around. Read a pamphlet. There's the Black Panther newspaper that's Read out at the, the time. Read the Bible. Like, niggas had Bibles. So, anyway, it's, it's giving, like, oh, I wonder why, how, how did these blacks get so illiterate? It's so sad that they can't read. It's really sad. Someone should help them. They're really down bad. They're illiterate. Thank goodness for nice whites who will give a book to a nigga, even though everybody hates niggas. And after 25 years... Even niggas hate niggas, apparently, because he couldn't even get a book from his own community. Oh, yeah, that's right. The whole point of these movies is... Niggas don't have He doesn't have a community. We don't see him with any other black people. Where are they? There's a bunch of white people. And he spends his life wearing down Miss Daisy, who by the end considers him a friend. When she said, you my friend. But he was her servant. Can you be friends with your slave, though? I mean, this is, yes, according to white saviors. Then they ain't got no friends. They ain't got no friends. How can you have friends? If If you look at somebody that has to do mandated to do if they want to keep eating and feeding they their family your house every day every day they're gonna see your ass you they boss and you're gonna say to them you got to do this 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 and if you don't that's your ass how do you be friends with that well, person? we're friends though no we're like totally homies you've been a real friend so that means you Hokey don't have to bokey. be an equal Hokey Hokey. And turn yourself around you, gotta be you got a book now yeah, bitch. I mean, turn yeah. around and a white friend look a crotchety, racist, rotary club-ass white friend. This is a terrible film that tells us that supposedly, again, white or black folks are supposed to, like, just hold on to one white person, work and show them how loving and caring and loyal and dedicated they are. And someday, probably on their deathbed, they may look at you and say, use my and we are made through the use of musical <laughs> scores to feel like moved by this. Like, you know, if you're watching it, one of these white savior films, there will be some musical interference that's going to be run over things that are very mundane and in some cases insulting. And it'll play this swelling emotional music and this build and you're my friend, nigger. And you'll be like, wow, I never knew that whites could be Not so Not only her friend, her best friend. She said, you are my best friend. I mean, let's talk about how people was really into this, okay? Um, Number one. Didn't it win some shit, too? I feel like it did really well. It was, it number one, remained number one at the box office for two weeks straight. Mm. Very highly received by critics. People called it... While it's fueled in part by outdated stereotypes, Driving Miss Daisy takes audiences on a heartwarming journey with a pair of outstanding actors. Siskel and Ebert Ebert called it a film of great love and patience. (coughs) And they just drove right by that shit. Absolutely. Oh, you know, there's sometimes a little bit of like, you know, like minstrelsy, but you know, it's cool. Like, Like, this is actually dope. It's beautiful, okay, what they were able to do. It's an immensely subtle film. 
in which it? hardly any of the most important information is carried in dialogue, in which the body, language, tone, a voice, or the look of an eye can be the most important thing to see. And after so many movies in which shallow and violent people deny their humanity and ours, what a lesson to see a film that looks into the heart. Who's the they in that sentence? Uh, their talks, humanity and ours? I, 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 is this a black author? I, no, this is uh, Robert Roger Ebert. Come on, Ebert! I usually be fucking with Ebert. This is also... But he probably wrote it in the 80s. It was nominated for Best Picture over Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Oh, okay. It won? It won nine Academy Awards, but not Best Film. It won... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It did win Best Picture. Yeah, I was pretty sure it did win And some that is the shit. fucking problem here. <laughs> okay, this is what I'm trying to say. It's like, okay, they... They love it. Americans are obsessed with this sort of film. Don't worry, we've got more. I mean, niggas need saving. Coming for you, the Green Mile. Look, 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 look. When I saw this shit, I was like, how? How do you expect me to believe that a nigga that got powers like that, actually, like literal, honest to God, superpowers, is in jail? Okay, he can bend, um, you know, bend stone and bend metal and he could fly and shoot shit with his eyes. I don't know what I mean. He's a superman. He's a superman, mm -hmm. super duper man. Yeah. And he's inside jail. He's not working on liberating himself. He's not, not leaving. No, no, he's staying there. He wants to, he, he feels like he needed to be righteous. He did. And his righteousness required that he stay in a jail that a white man put him in to be abused and then sacrifice his life for a white girl. 1999, this one comes out. So a good 10 years after. And obviously this is not a, you know, comprehensive look at all of these white savior films. There's too many for us to count. But this is another one that irked us in our millennial childhoods and young adulthoods. Um, this one also set in 1935. So it's interesting to me how these are films also like to go back into a time and say, no, 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 you have it all wrong. There were still white people during these times of lynching and race riots and racial violence who were working and saving the Negro. I mean, don't you love Tom Hanks too? Like he's cool. Okay, now let's pull over. <laughs> Love Tom Hanks, okay? I forgive him. And so far, I've only had to forgive him for two things. He's on... He needs to be careful because of the third. It's it's just... It's, it's close. But the first thing is Chet Hanks, his son. I don't have time. But also, this film is something that he needs to be forgiven for. Because um, I love you, Tom Hanks. Please don't have said any racist or bigoted or done any me too shit, okay, motherfucker? I almost included that stupid hair you had in that Da Vinci Code movie, but... Yo, that hair was insane. That hair was so bad. I was like, why did y'all do this? Making him look like a, a bootleg Nicolas Cage, who also was bootleg. <laughs> so, you know, it don't make sense. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Back to the discussion of Green Mile that Tom Hanks is in as the white savior, unfortunately. Um, it's a story in 1935 about a man named Paul who supervised the correction officers at this, um, this, this fucking uh, penitentiary, the death row penitentiary called the Green Mile. And then he meets 
John Coffey, who is a magical Negro played by... Is this based on a book? Probably. Michael Clark Duncan. Um, yes, oh, yes. it is. And yeah. it is based on a book by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Stephen King got issues. Oh, no. Don't think about it too hard, though. All right, not for now. I, I do. Again, I, I appreciate can't. Stephen King. I can't I say I don't. I do too say I appreciate Tom Hanks, but like... What's it's giving the s- what's, similar... What's going on here? But he didn't have to name the nigga Coffee. He... Come on now. John. So it's not even like, you know, he John had... John Coffee. Like... So... Why don't y'all name you Jake Cream? Oh, um, as <laughs> Jake Milk. Um, as... <laughs> we're just Jake White. Um, again, it it doesn't make sense. Um, or Jack Harlow. Ooh, who's wearing a bonnet the other day? Yo, 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 yo! Where do we go? Aliens, aliens, come in. I don't know why. Why did he do it? I know why he did it, but also why did he do it? It it doesn't make any sense. I mean Wait, you talking about the green mile or the bonnet on Jack Harlow? Both. Oh, okay. Both. Um I think that it's overall a bad look. Well, he's also a magical nigga. He is. You see what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's, it's giving white savior, mm-hmm. but it's also giving, like, like, a yeah, I saw it too. Okay. Yeah, this is the green book. Yeah. I feel like, well, let's do the green book next. Okay, that's fair. All right, bet, 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 bet. See, we had a green mile, we got a green book, we got a green everything. So it's a green. Why we got the green? green, the green. Stay woke. And the green. Okay. It's not the green for us, don't mean the green for them. They're I mean, to Okay. Hey, you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Wake up. Okay. All right. No, just kidding. Wake up. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So, yeah. So, basically, what happened was it didn't make no sense that this man would sacrifice his life with all these powers he had. He didn't. It's the 30s. It's the 30s. Niggas is being lynched. This is also right the Scottsboro boys. Okay. Yes. He could have escaped to jail. And we know that a lot of black people, particularly black men that were accused of violence and accused of of sexual assault of white women and et cetera, that whole myth, that that this wasn't necessarily a just sentence. No, no. We don't know is what I'm trying to say. And if we don't know, then why would this nigga be unwilling to leave the jail to save some people in the black part of town? He's... Uh, been sentenced to death after being convicted of raping and murdering two white girls. It's giving full like fucking lynching. It's giving and I can't. Oh, I gotta get uh, out of here. All right. I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's very help. bad. Help! 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 Oh, this is bad. Come on, Stephen King. Don't do this. Oh. I appreciate your writing, sir, but you do a lot. And this is one of those a lot. You getting into Tarantino waters and you need to watch yourself. Anyway, uh, okay. So he's convicted of this. Oh, but he was magical. Oh, but he was magical. Mr. Jingles in this? This is a hot mess. I don't even know. Is that a cat? It says Mr. Jingles is still alive. Who was Mr. Jingles, God? Having been blessed with supernaturally long life thanks to John's healing touch. 
Oh yeah, he got a heel into yo. This shit is terrible. This is a terrible film, and I just think that again, let's look at how it did. Again, here's the other thing about white savior films. It's profitable. You can make a black film. This is why I bet you know Spike Lee talking about how people did not love do the right thing, but were all over driving Miss Daisy at the time mm-hmm. because a black person doing a film not using the white gaze not trying to like oh, yeah about black issues with black actors and oh, black no, no, no. stories I'm not and black in, tales i'm not interested in that but it's not for city. me oh no i don't know no it's too it's too angry but then if you do you put out this a white savior film then oh one of the things i want to say that james baldwin does get at that the green mile i think fits which is that that's the scary black book yes is, is, and the, the terror that whites are, are triggered into through this racism and these yes. racist stereotypes when they see a large black man. Yes. That they think, oh, he's rabid, he's going to attack us, he's going to rape us, he's going to do all these things. And then to tell a story about that guy mm-hmm. and have him be a gentle giant who gentle. not only wouldn't hurt a fly, but who is going to spend his life. Yes. His whole life, his physical end of his life is Give dedicated his life. Life. to saving a white girl who was going to die otherwise. He was he was willing to just leave this earth on behalf of white people. And that, I think, is like a, a, a swan song for, not a swan song, a, um, a siren song mm-hmm. for the, the good white, the, the person who wants to be savior. the colorblind mm-hmm. white savior. You could even work as a CEO, a corrections officer in a facility, and you could see a black buck in there and be like, you know what? I'm not going to hate him. Because maybe... He's the one that would give his life for a white girl. Well, he's going to die anyway. So let's see if I could train him how to die for virtue and saving white people. Because that's what niggas should really be. You see how the relationship is the same one under slavery? I mean, I, it's the I, exact same relationship. Your body exists for my pleasure, my use, my benefit. This shit got 18 million in the opening weekend just behind Toy Story 2. Uh, remained at number two for a second weekend. Um, second highest grossing film in Japan, which is also part of the fucking white savior thing because we said this shit was global. It makes me so sad, actually, when I hear about, like, American racist stuff doing numbers globally. People call it emotionally powerful experience. Uh, it is an experience. It, you know... It's a story with a beginning, middle, and end. Vivid characters, humor, outrage, and emotional release. <coughs> <laughs> but is it, is it the same emotional release that you get at the end of a lynching? Possibly. Because if this man is accused of doing the things that Ida B. Wells told us Thank you. were not as widespread at all as anybody said, mm-hmm. because who in their right mind, come on, acting like black people too stupid to know about racism. It's in the 1930s. In the there 30s. Had been like and never heard of lynching. Never heard of it. 40 years of like an uptick in lynchings. The summer of 1919 had already occurred. They were storming jails. You weren't even safe inside of a jail. So you mean to tell me that's when this big black man is gonna go and uh, rape and kill two little white girls like he didn't have a death wish? Anyway, The Green Book, another stupid ass one of these fucking films, it comes out in 2018. Because again, don't think these are over. Oh no. Oh no, they still be made They're today. Still, I mean, we may eventually in a future episode have to talk about another one. Like, White Savior Film Alert, here's another one coming out because motherfuckers need it. 
And I feel like the white savior in Green Mile is it's giving more like white redemption right rec- racial reconciliation, reconciliation fantasies. fantasy these are like a, so there's, there's not a, a particular diagram white savior with these yes we're in the middle of the venn diagram yes. with the green mile yes but the green book this is a, may also be in the middle i think it's in the middle because yes. this is a story about an educated black who seemed to never fit he in. Refined. He's a very, you know, so much so that even, I mean, black people don't like him. He doesn't fit in with black people. But he's also too black, so he can't fit in with white people, but maybe this Italian man. It's an awkward reverse version of Driving Miss Daisy, but still at its root. It is. It's, it's giving, like, a, a racist... Mr. Daisy. Mr. Daisy. Mr. Black Daisy and... Tony Montana. Hulk Montana. Or yes. Hulk, no, not Montana. Um, Hulk Soprano. Hulk Soprano. Yes. Because, of course, got to be said in the, you know, we, let's go back to the times when racism was really bad. But don't worry. There were lots of nice whites. And in this story, it's Tony Lip, an Italian-American. All right. We got to pull over briefly. All right. A lot of white folks like to feel butthurt because they don't have enough. Um, you know, representation in courses about nigga history. Let me tell you something. Y'all was there, and there were plenty of y'all that were doing right. Farmer. We're going to talk about, of course, John Brown. We're going to talk about Abraham Heschel. Viola Luzi, I believe, is the woman who died um, along some some Freedom Riders. Oh, yes. And Heather Heyer, who died recently recently, um, in that You Will Not Replace Us rally. Yes. White supremacists. Yes. So y'all have always been here. John Adams even, you know, he was, he never get lifted up. Yeah, it's true. Y'all stories don't never get lifted up. But here's the thing. These are not your stories. These are not your stories. They are lying on y'all. Yeah. They are lying on y'all. Because guess what? Y'all, in the past, if you were really an ally, you had black friends. You didn't have to have a poke, a hoke, or whoever to help your ass not be a dick. You was already a decent person. And you came to the table trying to be like, hey, niggas, what's going on over here? And we was like, yeah, it's terrible. And you were like, yeah, that's terrible. I don't like it either. Let me help. And it's not even about like, oh, you know, um... I went over there and I learned so much from those blacks and now I've got a bit of black and they've got a bit of white and this was Martin Luther King. Shut the fuck up. That's not what a real ally is. A real ally is actually a friend. And I'm not talking about best friends like Miss Daisy and Pope. These motherfucking things is a setback for the cause. This film also... Apparently, it is based on a true story. Again, you know. Uh, oh, no, this one definitely no, this based, is on based on a true story. Based on a true story. Definitely. And, and the family was like, uh, word? That's what y'all the, I think the black family The was black family was like, oh, word? the okay, uh, son of the, uh, the, the, you know, hoax soprano um, was part of this film. Yeah, the Viggo, Viggo Mortensen character yeah. has a... Um, uh, like there is some family involvement, but as far as I understood it, written by homie's son, there was yes. not um, there was not reciprocity of Agreed. an understanding of that relationship. Agreed. And here's the problem: what the hell? 
does a black man of that caliber, we're talking to Mahershala Ali character who also really fine is in there with his with his talents and his and his his creativity and his skills and his education and all this this. he the high high of highest class dark skinned niggas who's in there hanging with big old scare why is he hanging with his driver like this they act like black people don't have classism and I'm not saying that it's not okay to be friends with your driver. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, what the fuck with the story of this white driver teaching this black man to love fried chicken just like a real black man? Like a real nigga. Mm-hmm. He had to teach the Mahershala Ali character how to be black? He had to teach him how to be down. Through eating chicken. And then, well, this is weird. I didn't know this, so I'm going to read this to you. <clears throat> what happened? Don, throughout the journey, and I, I hate that this is ma- named after the Negro Green Book because they like to take shit so we could never make one like you know, it. like that's a story of the like a real like survival guide for Black folks who had to travel through the United States and not die. It's giving but boo. this is a story about how this Black and white man was able to help each other out. What? Um, Don, who is uh, Mahershala Ali's character is later found in a homosexual encounter with a white man at a pool. And Tony, the white man, bribes officers to prevent his arrest. Oh, so he saved it him? Of course he saved it him. Because he's still his white savior. Even though he low lower class. But he's still... And again, that's no shade. I'm just saying, yeah. like... In, in, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. we are meant to remark upon the differences, the disparities in the classes of the yep. people and the mm-hmm. wealth and the whatever they have to access. Mm-hmm. But you still got to have a nigga. But guess what? Guess who gets to play the magical nigga in this one is the white man. Yes. But he's also teaching yes. something very necessary, which is black culture. Because guess what? The Mahershala Ali character has to say, if I'm not black enough... And if I'm not white enough, then what am I? Okay, first of all, hashtag Oreo problems. Okay. He's literally crying to a white about the color line and his experience of the color line and wanting to feel like he was black enough or he was white enough. Why are you asking a white man in the middle of the 20th century, century. why are you asking a white man, what am I? He's going to know. The answer is, now double consciousness should have been used. Something wrong with this treatment of this character because he would have known that a white man going to look at him and just say, Nigga, you're a nigga. Shout out to Malcolm X. You are a nigga. I don't know what reason, what kind of concert pianist, and how big you are. Come on, still a nigga. So not what am I? That doesn't even make any sense. No nigga asked that question. They might say something like, "Um, "Take me to Third Street." (laughs) I have an appointment there. (laughs) They might say something like, "I'm feeling a bit peckish. Drop me at the local black restaurant." Per the Green Book, this is where I can stay tonight. So drop me off over yes. there. They want to make it about the Green Book. Yes. But no, it's about how these niggas helped each other out. And then they died months apart of each other. 
Oh, isn't that just a nice story? It's just how in Driving Miss Daisy that he was able to put her into a nursing home and she realized that, like, you're my best friend. Like, when I just am, like, nearing the end of my life, I always feel like maybe it's time for me to free my slaves. I should probably not be a racist anymore. Let me try with my last few breaths. I think I'm going to write out the freedom papers with the energy I have left. The little energy I left have If I have time, you know, my grandchildren are coming today. They'll probably rip up these papers because I've invested in their racism long term as well. And so it doesn't fucking matter what happens right now because I'm going to die, bitch. And they still get the niggas. Exactly. And everyone is happy. Everyone is happy because we're still saving these niggas ultimately and forever. Now... Another one oh, of these. Check time. Oh shit! All right, well we cut up. We come back with a little, do a little part two. But go ahead, friend, because this is necessary. This is necessary information for your soul. They trying to sell you a bill of goods out here with this. You know, oh, if you're white, you need to save somebody who's a nigga. Like go on a missionary trip. Go on a missionary trip. Go to Haiti and teach them how to fucking be. Go to Haiti and bring back some niggas for yourself. Yeah. Keep them in a stable. Let them rub your feet. Amy, Madonna. Amy Coney. Or, yeah, fucking COVID Barrett. Amy COVID Barrett. Oh, yeah, she do have them black kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, she saved them after the earthquake, of course. Yo, she literally saved them hoes. She was like, yo, for real, let, let me tell you something. You think you a white savior? <laughs> Your shit metaphorical. Yep. I saved these people from a crack in the ground. And guess what? They gonna make a white savior film about me later. Yeah, 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 Amy Coney. Fuck you, bitch. So I think, how is she going to help them Haitian nigga children do their hair with that wisp of a fucking... You didn't know that she was going for freeform dress? That's what she was looking for her whole life. That's why her shit looked like that. So it might work out for the kids in that regard, I think. Just leave it alone. Once upon a time, there was a movie called The Help. Another film that dates back right that it takes us back when did this piece of shit come out um i mean and we can call it that because even viola said i should have never did it yeah this shit came out in 2011 before y'all hoes gave any respect to viola davis it also came out though during the obama era and i think that's significant it did and don't forget right after george floyd was killed in the black Lives Matter protests of 2020 were ramping up and bitches in Portland were like, Black Lives Matter! That they were also going home and watching The Help because it was the number one trending film at Netflix at the time. We know how to help. We know how to lift these niggers up. It's giving, again, a white feminist wet dream. And a matter of fact, I'm going to stand between you and the Blacks. Yes. Because I'm a, I'm a savior. I'm a hero. You remember that lady in Portland? I think it was important. No, maybe it was Seattle. Anyway, it was somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. This white lady, whole entire white lady. Okay, sis was blonde. Sis was doing it. She was pale. She had the shoes. Everything was together for the picture of her standing and yelling at some cops during a protest. But the cops wasn't even really like like with her. Like she was trying to like get their attention and shit. And just was yelling. And she goes... Black Lives Matter! God damn it! I'm sick and tired of this! And I can't take it anymore! This bitch had been acting like she had been fighting since the help came out in 2011. This bitch had been been fighting since the wedding at Cana when Jesus (laughs) turned the water into the wine. That's what she made it seem like. She had been fighting since that Thursday. She hadn't had a sip since... 
a Chardonnay since the Lord made it for her in the beginning. So she began, began to be sick and tired of it after her fourth century of experiencing, you know, the oppression of the blacks. Oh, no. Now that I'm sick and tired, who, where at, sis? Yeah, what are you, uh, Fabian Hamer? Really? Really? So the help, a period drama. Basically, Karen Lou Gamer. Not okay. On the novel that came out of 2009. So they jumped up to make this movie, God. And in starring all of these, you know, important people, uh, Viola Davis again, Octavia, Octavia Spencer. Who, again, know. I mean, shout out to Hattie McDaniel. Like these women killed it. They acted down, man. That again, was, I mean, it was. Have to do that if, like, this again seems to still be the like, if I want to be taken seriously as a nigga in Hollywood, I gotta do one of these. I gotta get on my, I gotta get on that. I I mean, I I gotta do Mm -hmm. it on Play a Slave. Like, it's one of the two or both. This is why I'm like never really that excited about Jim Crow uh, movies. This is another Jim Crow movie. This again takes place in 1963. They always want to just like the Green Book. Again, oh my god, the time when some white people were still bad, but some of us were doing really good things the problem with this is like is two percent doing really good that's what they want you like there's a lot of people in america so like there were yes a lot of whites that were helping but it was like it was beyond a failing grade like by a lot numbers this should be enough a curve ain't gonna help you at two percent this should be enough then they be cannibalizing motherfuckers stories go ahead this should be enough okay it received four Academy Awards. Anyway, nominations. All right. So it it's about a black woman who's a domestic worker in Jackson, Mississippi. Notice a lot of these films don't play, take place in the North. Oh, no, because Northern problems with race. We're the ones that fought and won the Civil War and Fritchie Peches. Never mind all the lynchings that were taking place up here. She works for socialite Elizabeth Lee Folt. And then she helps raise her ba- her daughter over time. And then over time, this little white girl grows up and she figures out she's going to write a story about the sort of things that these black women who were maids have to deal with. But she writes herself into the story, though. Of course. So it's really like this white Southern lady who's like, She's like the good white girl, so yes. like she loves blacks, but like she can't really love them like she wants to because yes. of like yes. racist laws and 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 mores. And her yes. friends are like you know they're super racist and evil segregationists, yes. and and so they they diss her. You know she'd be trying to talk to them, and they're like, "Uh, you're like weird because like you you mess with blacks." And she's yeah. like, "Shut up! I'm gonna be a weirdo and and love on my maid because someday." I'll be on the right side of history. I'll be on the right side of history. Bitch, shut up. So, um... That's never the answer, by the way. If you think you're, if you think any of these people that we're talking about in any of these films that are propaganda are on the right side of history, that's bullshit. These people are not, like, they're not doing it either. Just they're doing a different version of the racist shit that we want y'all to stop. And here's a, here's a mindfuck. White paternalism says that people, white, that the white people that black people choose as their friends their allies the people they want to rep we're not allowed to rep those people like if i say saint john brown is my patron saint and i mean that shit that's my patron go white off. saint that's go the off. only go white off. saint that i have fucking, fucking stop john brown is it honey Pew. 
They're like, oh, you're violent. Oh, you warlike. This is America. I'm allowed to be warlike. It's a warlike ass place. No, only certain people are allowed to be warlike. Exactly. And the whites are going to come and be able to teach you through this type of paternalistic yes. education that there is a right way for, for white people to support you. And it's only but so far. It's a little like an exchange program that they can have, but they're not really going to get in there with you. They're not really going to be side by side with you. No. Again, white feminism that, again, this this film perpetuates in particular that they're the ones who teach black women about, like, freedom. Freedom and how to write their stories. I mean, like, how to have their own archive. How That's to, yes. fucking disgusting. To, it's disgusting. It's gross. And they're the same. Susan B. Anthony. Exhibit A. Mm-hmm. Susan B. Anthony, look her up on race and see what you fucking find. I mean, there's tons of historians who've written about the whitewashing, not only of civil rights history, but of, like... American feminism. Feminism, period. Yeah, that, you know, oh, thank God for, I mean, uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, Susan B. Anthony, but there's one I'm thinking of. Steinem? Yes. Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem will tell you that she learned everything she knows from black women. But no, that's not the story we're going to promote. We're going to promote the help where this white girl gives voice to black domestic women's uh, resistance efforts over time when we have history of black domestic striking in 1866. Come on. A full hundred years. Come on. Prior to this goofy ass movie when it was dated in the 60s because they took a woke white girl. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of y'all doing this. I'm tired of you continuing to act like black women in particular need everybody else to help them. Everybody else to help them do the ideas that were stolen from them. Like, as if we don't talk. It's so exhausting. Yeah, it's not To good. go and watch that and watch, you know, oh, the poor helpless help. The helpless help. They need help. They That's are the help. But they the need help. our help. And they need my help. And I can help. But it's like, okay, so you can help. But why didn't you go and ask them what was already in existence that could have been elevated by your money and your attention and your white voice? That's not important. Because um, you can't tell me that these people in the South didn't have nothing. This is black people in the South, they had nothing. It also hits on the like mammoth stereotype we were talking about with Beulah and, and Gone with the Wind too, that like in 